Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, gorgeous, very hardworking <laughs> Disneyland Paris attraction loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Oh yeah, dude love the Disneyland Paris. And thank you, sweetie, for all those nice things. Hi, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. It is good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, December 24th, 2023. Yes, it is Christmas Eve as we are recording this. It is also dropping on the same day. Maybe you're going to listen to it. Maybe that's how we we kick off your Christmas Eve festivities. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're starting your Christmas day. It's the new Hyperion Adventures <laughs> tradition to have right. us going. More likely you are listening to us either later this week or next month. Right. Yeah. <laughs> A couple after months the, from after now. After the holidays are all yeah, done. It's all good. Whenever you want to listen to it, we appreciate it very much. For sure. And thank you for joining us whatever day you're joining <laughs> us. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We are on Twitter, X. at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, and even Pinterest this week. Yeah. <laughs> Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Michelle threw out a couple pins this week. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of few and far between, but every once in a while, she puts some action out there. I know. I decided I should probably throw some love the Pinterest way. And... Very good. I like that very much. Well, thanks. Also, if you are on Facebook, be sure and come on and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love hearing from you from any of those ways. And certainly if there's a topic you want us to cover or a question, just Reach out to us in any of those fashions. For sure. We love hearing for you, from you from whatever reason, for whatever spot that we just mentioned. We just love interacting with you as much as possible. Now, before we get into this week's show, you know we always like to take a look back at the week that was. And we are the Disney Podcast of Positivity. It's in our name now. <laughs> we like to take a look back at that week and pick out those high points, those positive points, those wonderful points of the week. And we call it my favorite thing from this week. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's wonderful. She's amazing. She's fantastic. And she's gorgeous. You know, she does the best research. She has the best lists. Oh, yeah. She has the best tips. She also has the best my favorite thing from this week. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Well, uh, my favorite thing from this week uh, was, it's it may sound funny, but it's something that um, personally you and I have talked about a lot. It's a location, a destination, shall we say, <laughs> um, called Bucky's. <laughs> and uh, I know that when you've traveled cross country, bringing our son Scott to and from Florida and California, that you discovered this, these Bucky's locations along your path and found them to be very wonderful. And uh, so yesterday we finally had an opportunity where you could introduce Bucky's to me. And that was just a ton of fun. 
Yeah, we did a short little road trip up to Daytona Beach. It's about an hour and a half away from where we are. And there's a Bucky's there. Michelle had never been there. Scott and I had been there, to, not to that one, right. but to many other Bucky's many times. Uh, and uh, that is probably my favorite thing from this week as well. Although I have to say, uh, a lot of other people had the same idea <laughs> to, to stop to Bucky's. by Bucky's. Yeah. I think whether it be that they're hitting uh, the road for the holidays right. or whether they just decided this was a shopping destination for them. It was pretty busy. They're more busy than I've ever seen a Bucky's. Uh, but it was nice to kind of, you know, indoctrinate you into the Bucky's way. Right. <laughs> have you see what it's all about? We even met Santa Bucky, which was yeah, nice. You may have pictures. seen if you were on Twitter. I may have seen some pictures of us with Santa Bucky yesterday. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And if you don't know what Bucky's is, and especially if you're on the West Coast, you may have no clue. I had no clue until probably about the second or third time that I'd driven cross country, I uh, discovered what these Bucky's are. They're these enormous, they're not truck stops because trucks aren't, you know, the big, big Semis. rig trucks yeah, big rig can't rig. even go there. But they are these great, wonderful gas station, shopping area, food areas right. that are mostly within Texas, but are in several places uh, across, especially the eastern part, southeast part of the country. And you go in there and there's just like, it, there's fantastic food and all sorts of interesting items that you can purchase and the cleanest bathrooms you'll see on a road trip right. anywhere. Uh, and is so many gas pumps. that it, It's yeah, crazy. It um, crazy. If you ever are in an area where there is a Bucky's, I highly recommend you stop by and check it out for yourself because it's... It's pretty spectacular, especially when you've been on the road for a few hours. Right. Yeah. I can see, uh, you know, whether you're a family traveling or, or it, just individuals traveling, like you said, for, for a longer distance to have that area to stop. And, you know, you do feel like it's super clean and you do have a variety of food that, you know, maybe some fresh foods like the, um, they had uh, brisket and we saw Yeah, they're them. smoking meats on the site and yeah. chopping it up and making sandwiches right there in front of you. Right. So, you know, not trying to make it sound, it's not the healthiest. No. Uh, at all. And it's, it's, it's not the cheapest either, but it's got some variety that you wouldn't normally see at uh, road stops. And you know, it, it is just a different kind of experience and feel in that regards. And so it was fun. Lots of cool grab and go stuff. A lot of different snack foods. Perfect stuff for like to get back in the car and drive or if you want to stop and eat whatever. Yeah. I mean, they even try to package things so it's easy to eat right. in the car. It's really, really handy. And really, and again, it's just an amazing, an amazing store. Uh, for those of you who live in Florida like us, if you've never been there, there's one in Daytona Beach and one in uh, St. Augustine right now. Uh, they're building one in Ocala, right. just a bit north of Orlando. And there's discussions that they may possibly put one into Fort Pierce mm -hmm. uh, along the I-95 as well. No confirmations that that's happening yet. But Bucky's are growing. They're, yeah. they're coming all the time. The, 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 the world's biggest one just opened in Tennessee not that long ago. If you get the chance, definitely Definitely stop by there. I call it the second happiest place on earth right. because it, it really is to me. Right. It's hilarious, too, that you can get Bucky's themed things. And I think we've even seen it in public that you're starting to see, you know, either people wearing shirts that are oh, Bucky's all themed. all over the place yeah. now. Um, but yeah, when you go in that store, you could just... Um, find so many fun unique things with the bucky's logo on yeah it if you ever see anybody walking around and they got like this little uh, cartoon beaver face right 
uh, on their shirts or whatever it might be, and you're wondering what that is, it, it's this. Yeah. You know, it's, they it's, get a new following, for yeah, sure. For sure. They're growing in popularity. I think they've been super popular in and around Texas for a long time, but uh, across the country, it's starting to spread. Um, right. I, I'd love to see a Bucky's everywhere. Um, it's so fun. <laughs> so fun. Uh, I have another my favorite thing from this week, too, but it's something that's coming up in our Disney Stories of the Week mm. pertaining to a couple guests we had on recently. What? I'll talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit later. Now, on to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including a reimagined version of a guest favorite stage show is coming to Walt Disney World. What What could that be? Where will it be? We'll tell you that in a little bit. And if you have a Disneyland trip planned for early 2024 and like a little nighttime spectacular to go with your theme park visit, well, we now know what and when to expect these shows. We'll get to that as well. But that's later... Let's go ahead and get to our very questioning what if main topic of the week. So for this week's main topic, Michelle pitched to me a while back that we were going to be looking at a new series. You know, Michelle likes to do these series where we're looking at different things. And so we kind of decided as we were discussing this, you know what? What if season two Mm -hmm. on Disney Plus is debuting this week? We just watched one of the first episodes yesterday. Enjoyed it. Loved the animation style. It's fantastic. It's really interesting stories. How can we put that into Disney theme parks as well? So we came up with, what if X Parks attractions came to Walt Disney World or came to Disneyland? Right. And this week we decided we go kind of with the closer of the parks, at least to where we are here on Florida. Yes. (laughs) Um, And we decided, what if Disneyland Paris attractions came to Walt Disney World, right, Michelle? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know that some things are just like you, you daydream. Wow, I'd love to do that at that park. And and so it did seem like what if that was at Disney World? Yeah. Or like you said, or Disneyland. And, yeah. And, and a little disclaimer here. I think I did say attractions. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but I may have deviated that you on one of my three that's, you know, top three right. issues that's all right we'll see it'll be interesting to see what she's what she has come up with because you know michelle's lists always the best list now this isn't going to be a five favorite list i think we all only picked out three, three right attractions uh and we're going to kind of look at where you know if they were to come from disneyland paris and open up a similar attraction here at the walt disney world resort what would which attractions do we think would fit where would they fit? Mm-hmm. Maybe what would their impact be on those parks? I think it'll be fairly interesting to find out all of this stuff and yeah, what we're yeah, thinking, right? Yeah, and you know, give a little explanation why we chose it. Of course, of course. So when we do this, of course, we always start with Michelle because she's fantastic. <laughs> she's amazing. She's wonderful, and she's as cute as a button. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. You know, she does the best research. She has the best list, so let's get to it. Michelle, tell us, what is your first what if a Disneyland Paris attraction came?
came to Walt Disney World. Okay, so my number three, I, I ranked them. I don't know if you did. I but... sort of did, yeah, oh, okay. I guess. It doesn't really matter, but yeah. Um, so my number three... I wonder if how many of ours are going to match up, by the way. Well, I one that I really was thinking of putting on my list, I know you're going to probably put on your list. So mm. I demoted it to honorable mentions, but it probably would have beat this number three. But anyways... <laughs> I digress. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, so I put as number three, Le Voyage de Pinocchio. And so this is... Uh, I'm not speaking any of mine in French. <laughs> They're going to be in English, by the way, because I'm not trying that. The Voyages or Journey of Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, so this one, it's a it's a dark ride. It, it To me, it looks a lot like... Well, we've been on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's very much kind of like the uh, Snow White's Adventure... Um, or even like the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride kind of thing. So it, it, it is, I it's guess... It's a traditional dark ride. Right, yeah. and it's a kiddie ride. It's not, you know... But the, it does... It gets intense in some of the imaging because even on the Disneyland Paris website, they're, you know, like, caution for small kids might get scared. But, um, you know, it, you go through the story of Pinocchio, so you get to see the characters and, you know, your little car drives you past them and the music and everything. Um, so I, I do think it, it is a great film, a great story, and it would really be fun to have that over at Walt Disney World. And I assume in Magic Kingdom at Fantasyland. Right, right, exactly. And I, and I think that would be the most common thought. Um, however, I also thought a, a, another alternative for location would be at Disney's Hollywood Studio Park. Mm. I mean, you have other animation things like, you know, with, with Frozen and um, Little Mermaid. So, mm-hmm. you know. I think it could also. What about maybe in Epcot in the Italy Pavilion? Ooh, because wouldn't that kind of fit? Yeah, you know, and I mean, you know, maybe you can tour a little bit of Italy and then have that. There's no attraction in Italy specifically, right? Yeah, you know, maybe you can fit something like that in there. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even think of that. Interesting. Well, good thinking, baby. There we go. I like it. Thank you. I like it. So I guess we're at your number three. My number three, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Alice's Curious Labyrinth, mm. which if you don't know this attraction, it's a little hedge maze <laughs> yeah. in the middle of uh, Disneyland Park in Disneyland Paris. And I think it would be fantastic. It would fit perfectly within Fantasyland and right. Magic Kingdom. Um, one, I think it's, it's, it's a people eater. You know, it's that it would take a lot of people that would, you know, just are looking for something to right. do and just and they can go and explore. Yeah. It's really a fantastic uh, hedge labyrinth, hedge maze. Right. right. Um, with, of course, obviously Alice in Wonderland characters mm-hmm. throughout it. And I think it would be fantastic for that kind of thing. Maybe as it gets hot, you can put some misters around. Right. People, you know, oh, kind yeah. of think. You know, if you've gone to Epcot yet and seen Journey of Water, right. kind of something along those lines, sure. only it's a little oh, bit yeah. more expansive than that. Uh, and I think it would just be a lot of fun. I think it'd really be cool, just like Journey of Water at night, because you can light up a lot of different right. things and, and make it interesting. I think there could be some fantastic character meet and greets in there yes. with some of the Alice in Wonderland characters right. as well. And I just think it would be a fun thing to do with the kids. I think they would get a kick out of it. There's a lot to explore there. It's a good thing to do. Just kind of wait. Maybe if you're, you know, tired of, you know, waiting in queues for attraction. Right. Yeah. Maybe you just have some time to kill before your next dining reservation or sure. whatever it might be. I just think it would be a great way to kind of explore um, something interesting and something that's not really hit significantly within Magic Kingdom. I mean, yes, of course, there's the Mad Tea Party. Right. 
But there really isn't a lot of Alice in Wonderland sure. there, and I think that'd be a fantastic fit. I agree. Totally. I agree with that. And actually, I, I contemplated having that one on my list, too, so it made it to honorable mentions. But yeah, it is a great location. Um, people of all ages can enjoy mm-hmm. it. And I and I love your concept of especially, you know, comparing it with the, the new attraction at um, Epcot. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So that's my first of my what if Disneyland Paris attractions came to Walt Disney World. But let's get back to the real list. Let's get back (laughs) to Michelle's next Disneyland Paris attraction that she'd like to see come to Walt Disney World. Um, So my number two is, and again, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this very well, but it's La Tanière du Dragon or du Dragon. Um, uh, So it's it's a... like a walking tour also kind of like what we were just talking about with the labyrinth um it so beneath sleeping beauty's castle over at disneyland paris is a dungeon and and they have a captured dragon there um you know and if you walk through and you're lucky you may just find him sleeping but you can see him breathing and everything um but there are times he wakes up and he becomes a a lot more uh, fierce Mm -hmm. let's just say um and and i just think that it's a great way um to explore something different you know the the imagineers really put a lot of detail and i think sometimes it's one of those areas that people just walk through pretty quickly and don't really pay attention to all the details there but this is is really great with that because you know they how they use lighting and water and sound all to support that storytelling with the dragon um you know and it's it's an amazing dragon too so um now for location obviously if you wanted to mimic you could consider under a castle although you would be it doesn't removing. really make sense for cinderella castle right. it makes sense for sleeping, sleeping beauty, beauty castle right. because obviously they fight maleficent who be you know right transforms into the dragon and you don't want to have to remove part of the utilidor right so um so one of the things i was actually thinking would be over at tom sawyer's island hmm. Um, in the the book the mark twain book of the adventures of tom sawyer um, Tom and Becky do go into a cave. You know, actually, they get stuck there for a while. So I thought, man, eh, why not kind of do that? Be something that uh, kind of goes with an adventure that real or imagined that Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn may have experienced and in, in going into a cave and believing they saw a dragon. Yeah. Interesting concept. And uh, it would definitely, I mean, Tom Sawyer Island is fun uh, over at Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom. But if you could add something like that right. to it, it might draw a few more people sure. over there. Again, looking to get people moving to different destinations. And right. I don't think a lot of people go to Tom Sawyer Island very often. And so maybe, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe that might work. Yeah. I thought about that too, because mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that they have that under Sleeping Beauty Castle there. But I couldn't figure out where I would place it because, like I said, uh, it didn't mesh up with the Cinderella Castle right, story. It totally sure. makes sense for Sleeping in Disneyland. Maybe you could figure out something there for because that is also a Sleeping Beauty Castle right. at Disneyland. But uh, but so I I like your concept of you know finding a different location for it where maybe it right, would fit. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess the other thing is you could do like um, have a location that is just themed, have that there um, with meet and greets mm. from. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, Sleeping Beauty. Or interesting. Whatever, interesting. I like it. That dragon is really, really cool. I'm yeah. looking forward to when we get back there to checking it out again. Yeah, for sure. definitely. For sure. I like it. Oh, like thanks. It so we're at your number two. What my, if? My next one is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril. I'm not saying it in French. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, because, and I think this would fit really well because we've all seen the artwork now. Mm-hmm. We know that they're looking to transform a section of Animal Kingdom, right? Dino Land specifically. And they're specifically saying, hey, we're going to put in Indiana yeah, Jones right. possibly into that destination as one of the parts. Uh, and this, I think, obviously, it makes sense in Animal Kingdom to put in basically what we have over at, it was it uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, I think mm-hmm. is what it's called over at Disneyland. Right. Because it's basically the same ride system as right. what Dinosaur is over at Animal Kingdom right, right. now. Totally makes sense. It should be a pretty easy switch up there because you can keep the track, you can keep the vehicles with right. just you know some tweaks to them and and turn that over into an Indiana Jones attraction. But what if you wanted to make it a truly immersive land and Mm -hmm. add another Indiana Jones attraction? And this one would be really cool because if you don't know what this is, it's it's an Indiana Jones coaster, essentially, is what it is. So, and it it goes on the outside of the attract of of the, it's it's an outdoor coaster Mm -hmm. that goes through kind of the jungle and around, you know, a temple there and everything. Really kind of a fun ride, and I think it would be cool to have a, a couple of attractions and make it as fully, a fully immersive right. Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones sure. land within there if you're going to go ahead and go that direction. Right, yeah. No, definitely. I, I think that would definitely be, be cool there. I mean, I guess you could also kind of incorporate it over at Hollywood Studios if you didn't want to have two attractions, but why wouldn't you want to have two attractions right. in Indiana Jones? Thing? I mean, I still want the Encanto part of that as well that they showed us, right. but... If you, you know, just think about immersive lands and almost every immersive land that you go into has at least two attractions within it. Now, when you think right. about the most immersive Disneyland's that you see, sure, um, there are sense, yeah. usually like a couple of attractions. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, it may be better to have a more family friendly attraction um, to go along because these are both kind of thrill attractions. Right. Still, I think it would be pretty amazing. Yeah. And you can compete a little bit more with Universal and some thrill rides. If you add another one there, you've already got, you know, Expedition Everest there. Right. And then you're going to have a couple of great Indiana Jones attractions. And, you know, I mean, Indiana Jones is just cool. I mean, who doesn't right. want to go to an Indiana Jones land? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun. And I think it'd be a perfect fit there in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That's a great choice. Yeah, love it. Great, great. But back to the real list. Let's go ahead and get to Michelle's next Disneyland Paris attraction she'd like to see come to Walt Disney World. So this one isn't an attraction at all. I'll be (laughs) honest. And I actually have a 1A and 1B, but they're not attractions. Um, They are just things that I would truly love to experience out here. And so the first one, my 1A would be, it's called Walt, an American Restaurant. Um, and it's a Victorian style appearance uh, of a restaurant, but it's really dedicated to Walt Disney. And so, um, you know, first of all, it is fine dining table service, you know, with real tablecloths and China being used. Um, and it is a three course fixed price selection of menu items. Um, but what really makes it special is 
is the decor and details that pay tribute to Walt. Um, and, and you can really tell when you're researching this or looking at it, um, how the Imagineers were so careful and considerate of what they included, how much they included, and just how it really does work at storytelling of, you know, the importance of Walt um, to all of us. And so, like, there's some family photos, and there's like a replica of the caged bird that kind of inspired mm-hmm. Walt for the tiki birds and things. Um, and, and that's kind of like, you know, when you first go in, in the main lobby, you get to see a lot of these elements. Um, but there's actually six themed rooms of this restaurant. First of all, they have Fantasyland, and it's kind of like a gothic style room and really represents like the early version of Fantasyland. And so they have um, paintings and concept art and, and sculptures from things like the European tales, like Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, and Alice in Wonderland. And the next room that they have is uh, called Adventureland, and that really focuses on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride um, with like just sketches and concept art by Mark Davis. Oh, cool. You know, so really OG kind of mm-hmm. elements to it. Um, uh, the next one is Discovery Land, and this pays tribute to Jules Verne's and his influences um, on Discovery Land at uh, Disneyland Paris. Uh, they, they have illustrations and collections of books from Jules Verne's. Um, there's even a fireplace that has uh, a Nautilus on it, decorating it. Uh, from the pictures, to me personally, this room looks the coolest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when, and when I'm talking about decor, it's also like the ceiling and some of the, the borders that they have on the ceiling. The chairs are different in each of the rooms because they go with the theming as well as the carpeting. Um, it, it just it, it's just all pulled together really nicely. Nice. Um, they also have one that's called Disneyland Hotel, and that's um, inspired by the architecture of Disneyland Hotel at, in California and has uh, concept art there as well. Grand Canyon, and that uh, has displays, obviously, of the Grand Canyon, um, as seen from the Disneyland Railroad attraction. Yeah, if you've ever been to Disneyland, you know that the railroad there is a little different than the Walt Disney World Railroad in that you actually go through a a, a space in there, right? one that is a Grand Canyon setting, another that is a, a dinosaur setting. Right. All stuff that was from the, was the World of Motion uh, yeah, I think from so. the right. World's Fair back in 1966. Right, right. Yeah. So... Uh, and then the last one is Frontierland, and that has uh, concept art and, and things representing Big Thunder Mountain, Phantom Manor, and Thunder Mesa uh, riverboats um, throughout it. So it you know brings in that land as well. So uh, where I would put this, um, well, they have it on Main Street USA, and, and that seems like it, it could be a great location here as well. Um, but I, I actually think, at Epcot, now that they have that area with the the statue of Walt, the mm. Dreamer, um, I think it could kind of fit in that area as a restaurant there, um, whether it be fine dining style or, or not. But having that that theming of the original concepts, yeah, I can see in to- Disney's Hollywood Studios too. You know, sure. kind of like you know when you have the the Hollywood Brown Derby there, which is obviously a replica of a of a historic restaurant. Right. You know, somewhere around there in that area. 
looking back at Disney's history uh, might be a good fit as well. Yeah, yeah. But either way, I think, yeah, I I agree with you on that. Near the new Walt, the Dreamer statue would be be a good spot as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's my 1A. Okay. Um, and, And this one, again, the draw is the ambiance and you know, the decor and storytelling that they, they give there. But my one B actually is more related to, it includes that, but the food, the food is king. And that's at Bistro Chez Remy. And also fine dining uh, and really cool creative because the concept at this restaurant is the guests are transported to the size of a rat. <laughs> so everything in the decor. Kind of like Remy's is, Ratatouille adventure, right? right? Yeah. And so everything around around you and the decor of it is larger than life kind of thing. So, it, you know, but the, the food there is king, as I said, you know, um, and it all sounds amazing. They, they also have a fixed menu, fixed price menu. You could either do two courses or three courses. Um, the one that you would leave out in the two courses dessert. So I, why it doesn't make do sense. Yeah. Why, why would you leave out a French dessert? Um, but anyways, it does give you that option. Um, but they have things like grilled steak or a roast cod accompanied by ratatouille and crushed potatoes with beurre blanc sauce, you know. Um, but just really great sounding French Food, whereas the other one is more traditional associated with Walt. So you have like your mac and cheese and your roasted <laughs> chicken. chili. Stuff. Yes. Um, it, I think we've seen something before. Doesn't it like come in a can or something like that? <laughs> um, I think it, I think you're right. It's like a pseudo can. Right, thing. right. Like, um, like Walt used to just eat this chili yeah, out of a can. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, this one, um, this restaurant, I think, would easily go into the French Pavilion at Epcot because it just could also follow that theming where they have, you know, Ratatouille and Remy's. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, and, and dining is an attraction, by the way. I don't know about you, but uh, it's very attractive to me to that go is dine true. at the theme park. That is so, true. So. Maybe a different time. You're not riding it, but you know what? It, it attracts me. Those yes. All the dining spots at Disney attract me quite often. <laughs> that so is true. That is, is an true. attraction to me. That is true. Anyway, so that was my one A and B. So now I'm very much anxious to hear your one. I think it was one that I was thinking of including. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So yeah, so this is my final one that I'm putting in there. And you know, as things are... As they are now, this unfortunately is an impossibility for right now. But this is what if. Mm-hmm. So what if some of the restrictions were loosened or went away completely here in Florida in a different at the dimension. Walt Disney World Resort? What if that happened? What if Walt Disney World could start using Marvel characters Ooh. within its parks? Some of the many Marvel characters outside of, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, obvious. Well, then that would open up maybe someplace like Disney's Hollywood Studios to open its own version of Avengers Campus right there and include with it, we've all been talking about what should they retheme the rock and roller coaster featuring Aerosmith too. Well, they've already done this at Disneyland Paris. 
they reimagine that into Avengers Assemble Flight Force. I'm thinking, just do that there. Right. Park Avengers Campus in there. There's some space right next to that. You could park an Avengers Campus area there. And it would be an amazing addition right. to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah, no, that sounds super, super duper cool. And I love your creativity of the what if on that. Not where I was expecting you to go. So mm. very cool. I, you know, obviously the um, Avengers campus over there is very attractive sounding, just like we love the one in, in California. And I guess I didn't go the what if just strong enough to think about that. I excluded it because of the copyright infringement issues that would be involved. It's a what if. What if that happened? Um, I want to see that. I love Avengers Campus. We love it at Disneyland. We're sure when we go to Disneyland Paris, we're going to love it there as well. I would even take it a step farther. You know, we talked about many of these immersive lands have two attractions go ahead and throw spider-man web adventure which is also a disneyland paris version of web slingers from the uh, disneyland one uh into that as well and go ahead and make that because let me tell you again everybody is going to love that land if it opened up at disney's hollywood studio one we could use some more attractions there it's a people eater, as I was talking yes. about, where there's lots of places to relax and sit and watch all these amazing Marvel characters roam, get some fantastic meet and greets. Right. You know, have some, I'm sure they would open up a Pim's there and you could have some wonderful food there yes. as well. It would be an amazing addition that I think fits very much into Disney's Hollywood studios. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Then they could even include the uh, drone show, like the one that they have at Disneyland <laughs> Paris, uh, Avengers Power of the Night, um, you know, and they use the uh, the Hollywood Tower of Terror right. as their background. So if you're talking about, you know, over at Hollywood Studios, that could also, they could just replicate that show. Uh, you know, they already have the, yeah. the mapping already calculated so that they could do that. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say is that, you know, at, at the Disneyland, the regular Disneyland park, the American Disneyland mm-hmm. park, um, they changed over to tower of terror to uh, guardians, guardians of the galaxy, galaxy. mission breakout. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't suggest they do that with the tower of terror at Disney Hollywood studios. One, I think it fits mm-hmm. very well right. within some of the theming there. Yeah. Also, that is the superior version of the tower of terror. Right. The, yes. the, 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 the Disneyland, version the disneyland u.s version um it was a inferior version it did you didn't have as much of the ride especially the the pre-ride right, portion yes. of it before you do the the drops and such um so it you know it made sense to just kind of change that over and right. i think it fits perfectly there and it's different and it's fun um i would not recommend that but i would recommend if they could do this again it's right. a what if right now they can't do this if not they on could our do this time. right if they could do this, if they eventually came to an agreement with Universal and, you know, were able to right. make this happen, um, it would be f- a phenomenal fit to, you know, just build that area over there and make it this right. amazing yeah. Avengers campus. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Yeah, so I actually thought you were going to say Phantom Manor. Oh, I thought about Phantom Manor and I couldn't figure out where to put it. I love the, ha- the Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. as is. Um, I mean, you could add another, you could add Phantom Manor into some place around, you know, around between Splash Mountain or not Splash Mountain anymore, but Tiana's Bayou right. Adventure and Big Thunder, because that's kind of where it is at Disneyland Paris. 
I guess, but it just, it's, it, you don't need two of those right. within the same no, that's park. True. I couldn't figure out where to put it. Maybe you could do something in Animal Kingdom, but it doesn't really make sense there either. So I love Phantom Manor. I think it's good just where it is. I, I just decided to stay away from that, but I did think about it. Yeah. And, you know, so it's not an exact replica because even the storytelling is different in mm-hmm. Phantom Manor. Manor. Here it's it's a, a manor owned by somebody. Right. and um, It's different. Right. It's, but it's just too similar right. to me. Right, right. Yeah. So I get it. Um, I also thought about Hyperspace Mountain. Right, I did you too. Know, I mean, why not? Go ahead and go for it at Magic Kingdom and, yes. and make it, at least for maybe for a portion of the year, make it Hyperspace Mountain right. as well. Thought about that, but I couldn't see them committing that completely to that. Doesn't fit as much, you know, because of the fact that there's, you know, it's it Star Tours, like at least at Disneyland, mm-hmm. US Disneyland, Star Tours is there. Right. You know, I, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but... Um, still, I think people would love it if they, oh, yeah. they flipped it over every once in a while. Right, to right. Hyperspace exactly. Mountain. Yes. Yeah. So that was fun. Good list. Oh, and likewise. You're I think it's going to, oh, this series is going to get more interesting as we go to some of these other parks, especially some of these Asian parks, right. uh, because they're opening up some phenomenal stuff out there. We saw many of the videos and right. pictures from Zootopia Land that yes. just opened it at Shanghai Disney. Um, <laughs> It looks so good. It does. Um, some of these things. Um, and eventually even um, we can revisit this Disneyland Paris because they're open. They're, they're still working on some right, things on at, the the, at the studios there mm-hmm. uh, that are, are going to be phenomenal as well. So we may actually change our mind right. later on of what yes, attractions we'd like to lists. see come yes. to Walt Disney World. Yeah, d- definitely. Definitely. So I think the next one on our series might be Tokyo. Tokyo. Okay. Pretty sure. Don't quote me on that. It's not written in stone, but I'm pretty sure that's the one we put for in January. So coming up in the future, what if Tokyo Disney Resort attractions came to Walt Disney World or Disneyland? I don't know. We'll have to see, figure yes. out how we want to approach these. Right. Uh, but that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. And we'd love to hear your list. What attractions would you like to see uh, come from any of these different foreign right. uh, Disney parks? Um, please send it to us through social media, through the Gmail account. We want to hear it. So much good stuff at these different parks that maybe you've never had a chance to experience yet in your lifetime and maybe you'll get to chance to sometime in the near future. And we're looking forward to this series of sharing all these fantastic attractions that you see around the globe, these Disney attractions. Right, yeah. I mean, you may be looking to plan a a vacation at a Disney park outside of the U.S. sometime and, you know, just looking and exploring. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing. We're getting ready. You know, we're, that's kind of also what <laughs> That's why we went to Disneyland Paris Disneyland first. Paris yeah. first is we're talking about doing that, you know, in, in a little over a year or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's just an, a, a fun way to explore what the other parks have and kind of figure out. It's fun to figure out where would you put it, yeah. you know, how to, and some, you know, like, the obvious, yes, but sometimes the obvious isn't going to work, like right. we pointed out with the uh, with the dragon. So, yeah. 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 interesting. It's, it's a. It, I like I like topics that you know make you think a little bit right. about you know and, and uh, kind of give you different ideas of 
Where would it, if I like that attraction, where could it go? Right. What could it do? What would the effect be? You know, and, and try things in different parks and everything and see yeah. how they would fit and what would work. I think this is a fun mental uh, kind of just challenge to, yeah. to see what we can do with some of these. And it's going to, believe me, it's only going to get more <laughs> impressive as we get to some of these Asian right, parts. The, right. Especially some of the newer things yeah. that, that they, they do keep plussing it as yeah, Walt would say. For sure. For sure. That, so that'll be a lot of fun to explore as we move on. Now, before we get to the Disney stories of the week, you know, we got to talk about our great friend, Nate, with Main Street and more travel, because let's face it, we all have trips we're thinking about taking in the very near future. Well, if you do, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise or anywhere in the world beyond, let me tell you. Nate is the certified Disney vacation planner that you are going to want to get in contact with. Oh my gosh, for sure. You know, as we, you know, mention all the time, he really has firsthand knowledge of things so he can really help you plan, customize a a trip that is going to be the best for you, answer your questions. It's really concierge level planning that doesn't cost you anything. High end. It is high end stuff that he will help you out with answer all your questions. He is there for you to make sure your trip, wherever it may be, be the best it possibly can be. And as Michelle mentioned, no extra cost to you. That's because either Disney or whatever other travel branch that he works through pays him for you. Your What you end up paying is exactly what you pay. If you did all that work yourself, only you can save that time and just relax and enjoy and let him set it all up for you. Right. And you know what? He may even be able to save you some money from you doing it alone because he is on top of all the deals and steals that are out there. Yeah. There's never a guarantee, but let me tell you, if there's a discount out there, Nate will find it for you. So what you got to do is go to distripsandmore.com, fill out the form there and just contact him, talk to him, tell him what you want to do and let him get to work for you. Right. So as Tom mentioned, once you fill out that form, Nate will be back in touch with you to start that planning, but be sure to tell him that Tom and Michelle sent you. Yeah. Again, that's Nate with Main Street and more travel. All right, let's go ahead and get to the Disney stories of the week. I do have a few for you this week. I'm going to start with... A reimagined version of a guest favorite stage show is coming to the Walt Disney World Resort. Mm, do tell. Yes, this from the Disney Parks blog. They said, The Little Mermaid, a musical adventure, a fully reimagined theatrical production inspired by the Walt Disney Animation Studios classic, The Little Mermaid, will debut in the newly refreshed Animation Courtyard Theater in fall of 2024. Very cool. Yeah, before that, that housed the Voyage of the Little Mermaid, which was a stage show as well. But this is a brand new kind of real, I mean, yeah, obviously it's going to be telling the classic story Mm -hmm. that we all know and love, um, but it's going to be refreshed a little bit, giving a little shine to it, a little glimmer. Right. Well, I I also like how they're kind of updating the themes like we saw in the um, live action film that it's not just oh there's a prince and she wants to marry him it's more what are what are the characters going mm-hmm. through so yeah so the story goes on to say when it opens the show will feature stunning new set pieces cutting edge effects and a bold new design that captures ariel's imagination and emotions through her unique view of the world around her the little mermaid a musical event will have guests flipping their fins <laughs> to musical numbers inspired by the film including part of your world 
poor unfortunate souls and more. Uh, so it, it just looks like they show some concept artwork on Disney Parks blog and it looks phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, again, I'm all for stage shows. I love all the different stage shows that you can get to check out when right. you're at any of these parks. It, I, I just think they're really fun and, um, and we just love musicals and so forth and especially stuff that's based on these Disney stories that we love. Yeah. I mean, and it keeps things fresh too. It's, you know, as they change some of these and update them, it's not like, okay, I, I've seen that multiple times. Yeah. This is, yeah, it's fun. So, uh, I'll be excited to check this out when it comes out. And again, uh, it is scheduled for release sometime in the fall of 2024 is when it will be making its debut, re-debut Nice. Uh, back at the Disney's Hollywood Studios. Cool, cool, cool. Moving on, if you have a Disneyland trip planned for early 2024 and like a little nighttime spectacular to go with your theme park visit, well, we now know what to expect in the coming year. Yeah. This came from, uh, who's a great follow, if you if you're like to find out about Disney theme parks, at Scott Gustin on social media, mostly on Twitter is where we find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great follow. He, he gets all the stories out there and he's very reliable yes, in what he yes. puts out, which is uh, important to us. Right. Uh, he put out there that these are the dates for what's coming to Disneyland. Mickey's Mix Magic. Yeah. We'll be back at the Disneyland Park. You know, it'll be there when we're there. <laughs> I know. In early January. Uh, from January 8th through March 21st. And then again from April 15th through the 25th. Wondrous Journeys will be back for a, quote, special presentation, end quote, from March 22nd through April 14th. I really wish that was going to be... I, I, I love Mickey. I, I I have a soft spot in my heart for Mickey's Mixed Magic because it's just kind of a party. It is. You know, it's, it's, it's just kind of fun. It is great when you're in Main Street, down Main Street, everybody around you, everybody's yeah. dancing. And, yeah. yeah. It's like you're in the club. You're in Mickey's yes. Club. It's fun. <laughs> um, but I would have liked to have seen Wondrous Journeys because we haven't seen that right. yet uh, while we're there. But if, if you have a trip planned for that time or if you're in the area... Uh, March 22nd through April 14th, again, is when you can be able to experience that. Uh, Together Forever, a Pixar Nighttime Spectacular returns from April 26th through August 4th. That just happens to coincide with Pixar Fest. Yes. Makes total Hmm. sense. Yeah, (laughs) it totally makes sense. Uh, So those are the Nighttime Spectacular list uh, through the about the middle of summer Mm -hmm. going on there. Uh, Also, just a note that the Magic Happens Parade will be returning again to Disneyland Park beginning on February 2nd. Again, another thing that's just going a little bit after right. we will be there. I but um, I just understand that parade is wonderful too. And again, sorry, we're going to miss it. But so happy for everybody else who's going to get a chance to experience it. Yes. I mean, of course, our timing is, well, one, because of the run Disney event, but um, also the fact that we're kind of in the transition period for Christmas holidays ending and then transitioning. So I think it just for them to get everything together and ready to, to launch yeah. does. So that's why we'll, we'll, we'll miss it. We'll have to plan better when we're next going time. next, next time. <laughs> but, next but I mean, the good thing is uh, we'll get to experience on the final day of the holiday season. Yeah. We're going to get to see that. And we're going to, we are going to get to see a little Mickey's mix magic for a little nostalgia for us from when we used to live in California. So that's kind of new. Yeah. Fun. Uh, It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good trip. We have a lot of cool stuff planned, which we'll be talking all about. Right. But you're right. We're just missing some. We're just missing some of the stuff that we haven't seen yet. It's unfortunate. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. Now, on to what could have been another one of our favorite things from this week from earlier in the show that we mentioned. 
Our guests from a couple weeks ago, you know them, you love them, Dan Abraham and Trent Corey. They're one step closer to walking that red carpet. Right. This was super exciting. Yes. Uh, This came from press.oscars.org. On Thursday, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced the shortlist for 10 categories for the 96th Academy Awards. And among those was Best Animated Short. And yes, Once Upon a Studio is one of the 15 films that advanced they were selected out of 93 films that qualified for that category. So, yes, one step. They're on the short list now. Right. They're not nominated yet, but they're one of 15 films that is really going to be up for the possible nomination right. for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film coming up at this year's Oscars. Yeah, so we need everybody's positive energies coming together to make that happen. I really have a feeling, and you know, I don't know if it wins the Oscar, in my heart, it should. Right. I think most Disney fans would say it should. Right. I think most people who really should look at what how it was made right. should think it should. Yes. But I do really, really honestly believe it's going to get nominated. Yeah. Like it, I can't imagine that it's not one of the five or six best animated shorts from this year. And I don't know I, I don't know any of those other ones, ones that are on that list. They may be fantastic. I'm sure they are very, right. very good. But there's nothing like Once Upon a Studio. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I agree with you. I, I can't imagine it not making it. But Just what they had to go. I mean, 2D animation with CG animation, right. 3D animation, with live action, you know, with bringing back all these voice actors, all these artists, right. combining that all into this magnificent short. I mean, just that alone. For it to, it, it's fun. It's funny. It's emotional. Yes. I, I don't need to sell it to you, I know. But it deserves at least the nomination, if For not sure. the Oscar. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. No question about it. And like I said in our interview with Dan and Trent, I told them right to their face, <laughs> you, I think it's the culmination it. of the trilogy. Yes. <laughs> once Upon a Snowman, Once Upon a Studio, Once Upon an Oscar. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of Dan and Trent, we want to congratulate them and their entire teams for a couple of projects they worked on. We discussed that a little mm-hmm. bit in their interview for a short time. Uh, Zootopia Plus won a Children's and Family Emmy for Outstanding Children's or Young Teen Animated Series. Which is so well-deserved and for so sure. happy. Yep. Yeah. And Baymax, exclamation point, was <laughs> awarded two Children's and Family Emmys. One for Outstanding Writer for an Animated uh, Children's or Young Teen Program. And another for outstanding editing for an animated program. So congratulations uh, on both the teams at Disney Animation that put out that great work on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so happy for them. Yeah, so that's that's just great news. And so happy for everybody in Disney Animation. A couple other notes I just want to hit really quickly. Uh, Good to to go days. What? You you said a couple of the notes you wanted to hit. Oh, I can't hit any notes. (laughs) That's why I lip sync everything. You don't want to hear me sing. I don't hit any notes. Well, maybe I do hit notes. They're just all the wrong ones. Sorry. Uh, that's okay. Where was I? Uh, good to go days for Walt Disney World annual pass holders will begin being posted on the theme park reservation calendar beginning on January 11th. That doesn't necessarily mean that they start on January 11th. Right. They'll begin being posted on there. Could start on they January. They could because they already have some good to go ones. That, right. When you go to look at the yes. calendar, you saw. Uh, but that's when they officially start posting them, uh, and they say that they will be added periodic. So even if you go on there and look, and it's not a good to go day, 
keep checking back right. because depending Could on change. attendance, mm-hmm. you know, um, they may open them up to be good to go days, right. which good to go days means you don't need to make a park reservation. You can just go to whatever park you want if you have an annual pass that is not blacked out right, for right. that time period. Yeah. And the good to go days now, they don't count against your minimum, I mean, your maximum number of advanced reservations. Because you're based. not making a reservation. Right. Yeah. So, well, you right now you still do. Oh, really? I didn't know you did that on good to go days. Not in the future you won't. Right. But right now, you if there's a good to go day, you make your park reservation. However, it doesn't count like... like Oh, I see certain what you're saying. Park, for, you only specific, have so many, right. You can only make so many, at, so a many at a time in advance. And so this doesn't count against that. Yeah. So. Well, soon it won't matter. You can just go. Right. You don't need even need to make any park reservation at all. You just go. Um, and keep checking back on that to see what dates those available. Because they said, like I said, they could be switching that up right. as you go along. Yeah. Also, all-day all park hopper access for those who have annual passes yes. or... Um, for park hopper tickets will return on January 9th. So that means is even if you if you don't have to make a reservation, if it's a good to go day, you can just go wherever you want. Doesn't right. matter and park or all the way around. If you had to make a reservation, you just need to walk in, scan into that park, and then you can turn around and walk right out and go to whatever next park. It doesn't matter what time of day that is. Right. That is wide open to you beginning on January 9th. Um, uh, right now, date-based tickets will no longer need to make park reservations right. anymore. So you don't have to worry about that if you're just buying these regular, most common tickets, right. not not annual pass holders. And also just a reminder, the Disney dining plan is returning yes. in 2024. Yes. So you'll be exciting. ready for that too if you, if you have any interest in that. That's There we go. So yes. that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this... We always start with Michelle because she's wonderful. She's fantastic. She's all things great in the world. You know, she does the best research. You just heard it. She has the best lists. (laughs) One thing is for certain. She always has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. Well, first of all, thank you very much, honey. That's very sweet. Too kind. I don't know. Well-deserved, but too kind. But anyways, my tip of this week uh, relates to a meet and greet that I don't know as many people are familiar with exists, and it's at Epcot. And if you're a fan of Winnie the Pooh, here's something great for you. Um, Over at the UK Pavilion, they have uh, a meet and greet with Winnie that is in the back. So I I think part of it is people don't know to look for it because you have to go into the back area, like where the band stages area, but it's, it's to the, you know, further along by the store, by the shops. At the very back end, as right. you go from what is the pathway for World Showcase, if you go all the way to the back end yes. of the UK Pavilion, right. it's around Right, there. it's like by the last shop. <laughs> um, and and they have uh, Christopher Robin's room there at where Winnie is there ready to greet guests. And so you, you can tell where the lineup for the queue is. There's like a little overhang at the very end there. Um, and... He, if you go to the app, you'll see what times Winnie the Pooh will be available there. I do. I am glad that they put it on the app now because I think that helps people become aware of it. I just think because of the location, it's not always. No, as, people aren't going to realize it as right, much. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a for a couple of weeks there it was this hidden secret that no one knew yes, about or yes. very few people knew about. 
But anyways, um, there's an opportunity for an additional meet and greet that you might not know about and that uh, could be a lot of fun. Yeah, especially since it's in basically Christopher Robin's room. As right, in, yes. You know, yeah. And so you're there meeting, uh, you know, our favorite silly old bear. Yes. And it, it'd just be a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely check that out for sure. Right. And they haven't had a meet and greet with with Winnie the Pooh in a while now. Right. So. It's been always him kind of in that lawn area, kind yes. of by the imagination pavilion right, where he's exactly. been catching butterflies <laughs> and doing all sorts of things. It's been since the pandemic that he's kind of been right. not ostracized, but kind of in this area where he's just not really near anybody. Exactly. Any pictures with him were from a distance. Right. And it was just him. Well, I guess you could have tried to do a selfie of yourself right. with him in the background. But yeah. anyways. No, this is good. This is good because, like I said, we love the silly old bear. Exactly. For sure. So very cool. Thank you. Uh, My tip this week is, it just kind of came up when, uh, it's something we've discussed before, but, you know, looking, it's the holiday season, and it's very apparent it's the holiday season in the parks right now. Because every post you see from people in the parks right now or look at the how long the lines are for this attraction like living look with many, the land yeah look way. how many people are everywhere you know and everything and it's like okay i get it that's true it happens this time of year every single year it's right. just a very very popular time to be at the walt disney world resort the disneyland resort all the disney parks and Bucky's. in general <laughs> and bucky's yes bucky's was very much like that yesterday but I, I just wanted to say that that doesn't it shouldn't dissuade you from going during the holiday season if that's really what you want to do. Right. Now, what I'm going to tell you though is that you need to change your perception on what you expect from the Disney vacation when you come during right. some of these really busy times of the year. Uh spring break is very similar to that as yes. well. Yeah. They're fine times of the year to go. However, if you're coming expecting that you're going to get on every single attraction <laughs> while you're there, maybe you might be approaching it in the wrong right. way. Think about it, trip, And think about, look, I'm going for the holidays. I want to absorb all the holiday ambiance. I want to absorb everything that is Disney. And maybe I don't need to make every single attraction. You know, it's just... It's just changing your perception slightly. You can have a wonderful, wonderful trip. It's going to be different than a Disney trip you're going to take maybe in the middle of February. Right. But you can still have a great, great time if you just look to do different things off of maybe not going on every single attraction there is. Right. Like you're saying, just be immersive, take in all the sights. And if you're interested in people watching, this is the prime time of yeah, the if year. If you get a great table, someplace to sit, a bench yes, in the shade, just sit and watch because there, it's great. It is. It's it's can be hilarious. But yeah, I mean, just maybe doing less things, but appreciating each of those in a little bit more detail, you know? Yeah. So like if you're at Epcot in the, in the festival, of the holidays, like we mentioned recently that we had um, some op- missed opportunities because of our decision not to get into crowded lines for some of the food, but you know, maybe pick one or two things that you can get into or go into off times of the day that you might be able to get into and really, you know, enjoy that, little taste and, and stick around and just chill because it's very busy right. and you know just let yourself enjoy it and obviously if you want to spend a little money obviously there's genie plus that's available to you that will help you get right. on a few more attractions again it's still going to be up to a, right. a limited situation there uh also the nighttime ticketed events mm-hmm. you know very merry christmas party jollywood nights right. whatever 
Those are also ways to get on some of these attractions. Being there up and early and going, if you're staying on Disney property to the early hours, right. really important if you want to get a few attractions in. Yes. Um, and if you happen to be staying at the Deluxe or the Deluxe Villas, any of the extended hours that, right. that are available, take advantage of those as well. But again, I think more importantly, it's just a changing your perception on what this Disney trip will be as compared to a Disney trip that is a non peak time of year right, Disney trip. Right. Yes. You know, and, and maybe um, you'll miss out on some things that you might normally be able to to participate in. But I guess, you know, and this kind of sounds preachy, but just being appreciative that you're you're at such an amazing place yeah. over the holidays. There is nothing but. wrong with going in the, the these peak times of years, the holidays, whatever. I it's more like I said, I just I think that you will be disappointed if you think it's going to be like right. some other and we're trying to help you not be disappointed. We want you right. to have fun right. as much as you possibly can during these Disney vacations because there's fun to be had. Yes. It's just in, in a different way while right. you're there at the park. We're spending a lot of money and get a VIP tour. Well, there's that too. <laughs> there's always that. Uh, yeah, you could do that. Uh, that's a lot of money. Yes. That's a lot of money. But there are other things too, other than just the parks that you can appreciate that we've talked about before too. And and those are fun things going uh, to hotel hopping over the holidays is a really, I mean, that's something we didn't really get to do this year that I kind of miss because there are some really special things. We did a small bit of it, but not nearly what we've done in the past. Right. Right. You know, but where you just, you know, you're going to a, a couple of the resorts and you're looking at their decorations. You're trying some of the, seasonal treats that they offer and and just having fun that way mm-hmm. too exactly just be happy to be with family and friends and yes you know having a good time at a disney park exactly so that's it for this week's show next week well we'll be recording on new year's eve apparently we decided we know christmas eve new year's eve <laughs> we need to record on the eves <laughs> that's right that's all there is to it as we close out 2023 we thought we instead of looking back Let's look towards the future yes. a little bit and discuss what are the biggest things that are coming to Disney in 2024. There are some cool things yes. that are coming right. within the next year that we want to explore and share and talk about what we're really interested in seeing coming to the various Disney parks in the next year. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's some exciting things, not just here in Florida or in the United States, but all over Disney things. And, yeah. and there's some great Things other than just parks, too. So we'll be checking all that out and discussing it. And we'd love to know what your favorites are as well. What are you excited for in 2024? Hit us up on the social media. Hit us up in the Gmail account. We'll share those as well. As for today's show, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter. X. Twitter X. at Hyperion Podcast. <laughs> Facebook is Threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Nobody calls it that. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for the uh, some good positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Also, we're on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And I uh, just want to put a plug in there that we do a weekly newsletter. If you're interested in, in subscribing to that, you can do that at our website as well. And um, 
remember to tell a friend about us. Yes, that is the best way for people to find out about this show. And Michelle is doing a great job with the newsletter. And I help out occasionally, but it's a lot, Michelle. Um, she is doing a fantastic job with the newsletter. So definitely check that out. And we want to wish you a very happy holidays. We know yes. you're probably listening to this well after the holidays are done because, look, <laughs> no one wants to listen to this goofy show <laughs> on their Christmas morning. <laughs> But we still want to wish you a very happy holidays, a very happy, pleasant 2024 as well. Yes. And um, we're just so happy that you are a part of this show and a part of our lives. Yes. And feel free to share some of your fun holiday experiences, especially on our Facebook group uh, there. We can all celebrate with you together. And uh, as Tom said, wishing you happy holidays and all the best in 2024. For sure. For sure. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Ventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.